Joshua Thanos, my partner in crime and life partner as well, Jason Maine. And who's this handsome guy in the middle? And I'm Roman Scharf. What's Roman up, guys? Roman Scharf, a good friend of ours, friend of the company, friend of the show, and a new friend to Jason Maine. First introductions. Obviously, uh, we know who you are, and you've been around the game for a while. That's right. First time meeting you in the flesh. But uh, this should be well. interesting. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Roman, um, normally we do wrist checks. So uh, how about this? We'll save the best for last because we know what you're wearing is better than what we got on. So uh, let's do mine first. All right, guys. So this is a uh, watch that if you saw the last show that I was on, let's see if we can get a close-up. There you go. Panerai 233. I'm still in the honeymoon phase with this watch. I'm absolutely obsessed with this watch. Uh, I have it on a on a OEM bright orange rubber Panerai strap. It's an eight-day movement GMT AM PM indicator with a date, uh, and I love it. 44 millimeter on my seven-inch wrist with the tank buckle. Oh man, I'm obsessed with this thing. Jason, what do you got? I have the uh, tested and true 114060. So you know, as I like to call it, the non-date get a lot of hate for that oh, but non-date this thing Rolex. has been through it all uh actually someone asked me if it was new the other day and i was surprised because yeah, it's got some it's got thing. some wear on it but it still looks pretty decent you um go. you know what just uh, wearing the explorer 2 wearing my octo finissimo and every time i put this thing back on it's just like yeah i remember why i like this watch it's just simple every day it doesn't matter it fits the profile and uh it's a good if you're going to have one watch, one Rolex mm -hmm. specifically, I think it's a good piece to have. Are you Rolex man? Just basic model. Roman? Oh, vintage. Okay, you're very, vintage. Very, guy. very much so. Yeah. In fact, uh, the only watch I will never sell is my single red sub, which I picked up for like six grand. Wow. Complete box papers. I can't worth, imagine what that's worth. worth right it's now. worth a lot more now, but yeah, uh, that's, a, that's the one watch I will never Speaking sell. Speaking about worth a lot, what do you got on the wrist today? Uh, well, if you guys would have gave me a heads up, I would have put on a sports watch as well. But <laughs> nah, I put on the new Lange Perpetual Calendar Split Second Chronograph in <sighs> rose gold. Let me get that close up. That thing is awesome. Are we getting it? Oh, man. Jeez. One of the watches that I absolutely admire, mm -hmm. especially this new particular model, because of its size. I'm a big AP guy. That's sure. my favorite brand. You always find me wearing clunkers from AP, Offshores, Royal Oaks, and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Rarely do I reach for a dress watch, and Lange is the one brand I'll always reach for when it comes to dress pieces, just due to the size, the overall aesthetics, and the quality of the watch. I mean, I guess I have to show you the back of this Please, thing. Please, yeah, that's because the... Because this is what you really need to appreciate. Let's Can you get a close-up close up on that? There oh you go. Oh, my Lord. I mean, that's that's just... I wish I could wear it upside down, honestly. Yeah, inside out. Inside out. They, they should patent that buckle. Deployment buckle that's reversible, so you could just stare at ah, the data. Okay. Right, I'm, I'm gonna give Jason's a yeah. marketing guy. I'm going to give but, him a uh, call. I can tell you, so the, the exhibition case back shot was great on that piece. When you had it on your wrist, we both played with this watch prior to the video. That does it no justice. That thing is gorgeous in person. It's ridiculous. It's I like really, it. really nice. Yeah, well, it wears like a sport watch. It's big. And that's, thick, that's, and that's why I love it. And it's thick, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, about as thick is as it a Panerai. 41 millimeter? This is actually more. This is a 41.8. Okay, so yeah, it might actually be thicker it's than my thick, It's thicker than your Panerai. It's slightly smaller mm -hmm. than your Panerai. All right, so. all right, I guess. <laughs> all right. Well, so, I mean, we've had a guy on the show who's, who's a big Longa believer. He's got us into Longa. That's Mike Mandros, which you have some history with him. And oh, I know him so a while back. Why don't we, uh, so why don't we get into the show here, and uh, today we're going to be talking about your experience in the watch world and kind of your view from it, right? So, you know, my, we all have different backgrounds, right? I started in pre-owned with uh, a guy named O.J. Watley who you know as well. Jason started uh, primary with Tourneau. So, uh, I know well as well. That's right. You yeah, spent some time with them as well. But Yeah, I did my time. <laughs> yeah, you go. And then yeah. I broke out. But, so, uh, uh, 
Jason, can you mute your... There Everybody's you very excited about our video. That's yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, so why don't you tell us, number one, like your little bit of history, a rundown of where you I'll started. Tell you, I'll tell you... Tell you quickly about myself. I'm one of those rags to riches stories, but I don't want to take up the entire show. But I was brought here at the age of 13 as a refugee. My dad came here with four dollars in his pocket, raising a 400 square foot apartment in Brooklyn, New York. Worked every job under the sun: busboy, dishwasher, blah blah blah, park valet cars, valet park cars, drove a bagel truck. That was bagel my, truck. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. Nice. Uh, joined the U.S. military, post the military, went into the corporate world, and by the time I was 26, I was a VP at a Fortune 500 company. Thought I made it big, and then I decided to give it all away and pursue my passion, which is watches. And if you want to talk about how I connect to you guys, yeah. Danny Godberg, who is uh, the genius behind Great man. Watchbox, Godberg Jewels, and everybody else, is mm -hmm. sort of like a godfather to me. When I got into the business, he was a tremendous help, and he was one of the very, very few believers uh, of guys selling stuff online. Yeah. Everybody, every other AD, every other guy in the watch business, they used to... Uh, look at us like we were some second sort uh, dealer or right. look down upon us, never believed in what we were talking about, not realizing that this is really the future. Oddly enough, during that time, there was only a handful of guys. And again, that time I'm talking about 17 years ago. Sure. It was only a handful of guys that are selling watches online. One of those guys was O.J. Watley. That's from right. Watch you want. Shout, Shout out to O.J. So O.J., me and O.J., we, uh, we're good friends. Uh, we often talked on the phone. We bounced ideas off of each other. And uh, it kind of comes full circle now. It's funny that I'm here because, again, the very people behind these two great companies are the people that I knew from the day that I started. Yeah. Uh, today, we're an online company. Uh, we sell watches and jewelry just mm -hmm. like everyone else out there. We're also a pretty decent-sized wholesaler. That's how I know Mike. That's right. And I know Mike from his days in the other jewelry company. We won't give him a shout-out. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, Turneau I know from selling watches to them. You know, sure. uh, Actually, some of the guys are no longer there. One of the guys is with StockX now. Yeah. David is with yeah, StockX David. now. We still do business based on a previous relationship. Sure. But watches is what I love. Watches is what I do. I live, breathe watches all day, every day. Jewelry as well, but jewelry is my secondary passion. Sure. Watches is what I really love, and what I love about them is everything. There's <laughs> nothing I don't like about any watch, regardless of price, right. popularity, etc. So the interesting thing behind, like, the base of that story, obviously you're, you know, coming up and all that, but when it comes to what you do now is how small the watch industry really is. Like, we've talked about that before, Josh. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't realize there's just a small handful of really big players in the game. Right. And, you know, you have all these online stores, you have all these little shops, but really there's, you know, a secret society, if you will, yeah. of people behind the curtains that pull the strings. And a lot of, even my customers start pitching a watch to here. And by the time it gets to me, yeah, we've, like, already, oh, we've already been, been offered Yeah, that we've watch. been offered this watch from you somebody know, else. So yeah. it, it is interesting how it all kind of interwines. Well, that secret society just met a, a, a couple <laughs> days ago in Miami. I'll, I'll, add, I'll add to that, and I'll say that uh, contrary to all belief, theoretically, Watchbox and Luxury Bazaar are competitive to each other, but those that know the industry will know that you're better off working with your competition, uh, letting the others do what they do best, and you do what you do best, and work right. together for overall successful relationship. Yeah. A lot of people think that we work against each other, but on the contrary, we really don't. No, all yeah. both tries. I always exactly. believe in that. Yeah. Exactly. So if you have something we need or you, you have something that... Uh, oh, absolutely. We have something you need. That's, uh, that's how we are. And that's how I ended up on the YouTube show. I mean, that's right. in reality, if you think about it, mm -hmm. why would I be here or right. why would I take you on my show? Right. right. You know? Absolutely. So, all right. So that uh, gives you a little background on Roman. If you don't know him, which a lot of guys in the chat box, are, they all know you. 
they're they've been watching your YouTube. They've been, all gonna, t- they've been all telling me to come here. Yeah, go to Watchbox. Go to Watchbox. Well, here, we're all, here I am, guys. We collaborate, man. So I mean, the, you've been on YouTube for about a year. Yeah. Right, and we realized that this is a great way to connect with. You know, it's a great community. Uh, so I started back with Tim like in 2014. Uh, you know, on camera with him, I didn't know what to do with my hands. I was like, oh, very awkward and yeah. stuff. And now you see we're here, and it's great, man. And I've been everybody I talk to in any industry, but specifically watching, should get on you. It doesn't matter. Just get on YouTube and talk about watches. And and it, and I think it, it does it it grows the community and it, and it really there's guys out in the middle of Oklahoma who don't have anybody to talk about watches and now they can right. say you know why I got on YouTube tell me I well two reasons number one my CMO said we need a face of the company sure. you're a walking encyclopedia on watches you like being on camera right. uh, charismatic have, you, have, you have you have a narcissistic personality get on camera <laughs> and start talking right. so I'm like okay fine and I went out onto the YouTube space and I started watches Tim is a guy that I it was the first video I watched and I'm like. Crap! This guy really knows a lot of stuff. Oh yeah. I'm like, if you're trying to be like Tim, you're, no, you're making a mistake. No, it's not possible. So I said to myself, you know what? I told my CMO this. I said I'm only gonna do what I do, and that's be myself. I'm gonna tell it like it is, and I'm not gonna sit there and get into nuts and bolts because there's a million guys, Tim being the best, right, right, that gets out there and talks about every single gear inside a watch. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna talk about the market. I'm gonna talk about what I feel watches are worth, and I'm gonna answer a bunch of questions based on the 17 year experience I had and mm-hmm. have fun with it. And I believe that's what probably made me successful on my channel because all my viewers say the same thing. You tell it like it is, thanks for the straight up info. No subliminal message. I don't have to try to sell anything on right. there. Even though, I mean, listen, every, everyone's me, for sale, everything's for sale. Everything's for sale, but the, right. the beauty part is you ch- guys get on there, they try to push product that doesn't work. No. If you get on there and you simply show product, you talk about the industry, you talk about the watches, you talk about the market, the sales will come. Um, when I first started out in this business, I was lucky enough to meet a client who was a marketing guru. Mm-hmm. Name's Gregory. I won't let mention his last name. Till this day, I have him on my cell phone. I call him from time to time. And he told me, Roman, you must first and foremost educate your consumer to an extent where they would feel stupid to buy anywhere else but you. Yeah. And I've been following that trend for the last 17 years I've been in the business, and it actually works. Yeah. And I think YouTube is just a wonderful, wonderful platform to do that with. Right. Yeah, yeah. We've, I, we use the same basic principles. Like, uh, believe me, if you see Jason and I, we're, we're, not, we're not doing anything but being ourselves here, and I think that's important, mm-hmm. right? We have experience. I've watched your shows. Yeah. Yeah. Josh and I just get on camera and Rick and Morty out. And, yeah, that's uh, right. But, Speaking uh, of, hey, new season, check it out. All right, so uh, you brought some watches in that really cool watch roll you have right there. And you oh, brought wait, don't them. Don't show this one, yeah. Okay. I'm going awesome. to hide it. You, uh, unlike, unlike what we do and uh, uh, what you, at the uh, departure from the normal, you did some sort of preparation where you have some watches for a reason here. So let's, let's pop them out and let's talk about them. Well, I'm not going to say I prepared. Yeah. I literally finished the meeting. I had to leave my office at 4 o'clock to make it down here. Traffic was a bitch. i got to be honest with you, getting okay. down here. But oh, I, I, I ran into the vault. I grabbed a bunch of watches because there were a few things that I wanted to talk with you guys and actually get your take on it because sure. it's good to get an outside opinion from time to time. I'm the one talking on camera when I'm on my YouTube sure. channel, right? Sure. So it's often great to get an opinion. So one of the things I wanted to talk about is I wanted to talk about what's going on in the world of watches today where people are not valuing horology overall. And it goes in the theme of the last show you guys did, or the one you sent me earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, where people are just going apeshit over stuff that's hot stuff, not even considering things that are out there in terms of horological value rather than hype value. Yep. Like Instagram. Yeah, hype beast. Watches, is, right? That's the theme. Exactly. So so the first thing I brought with me, and I guess I'll start with the best or the most expensive, is I bought I brought the AP Comp, Grand Comp. Mm-hmm. This is a perpetual calendar, minute repeater, skeleton, automatic, a retail value, how much? I told you. Uh, don't forget. Uh, don't forget the sixty. Don't forget that's the sixty right. grand. Don't forget 60 one million, million sixty thousand dollars. I don't right. know where the hell that sixty extra sixty thousand came from. For but shipping. 
This is the most <laughs> this is the most complicated uh, watch that AP makes to date, right? If this is their grand comp, right? Current production? This they still make the grand comp and you just and, gotta call and, them and pay ahead of exactly, the front. Exactly. <laughs> no, so, yeah, so here's so here's a watch like this that is arguably the most and it's also an automatic by the way. Mm -hmm. And again, beautifully decorated movement. I mean, they pulled out all the stops on this watch. If, uh, like the decorations where the, the sixty grand came from. Wow. Probably the yeah, rotor. They said, yeah. uh, you know what, let's do the rotor too. Yep, 60, 60 grand. grand, yep. So a watch like this that retails for a million plus, 60,000, right? Mm -hmm. Today in the market will trade at around $350,000 and finding a buyer is not that easy. <laughs> Yet you got guys out there paying that for NTPT carbon retainials right. that are nearly not as complicated. So I feel like the market trend today has turned to a point where people are no longer appreciating horology for what it really is. One of the biggest questions I always get on my channel is, is this a good investment? Is this a good watch? Is this going to go up in value? I'm like, yeah, guys, you're, lo before. you're losing sight of what's important when it comes to collecting watches and when it comes to falling in love with something. Mm -hmm. If somebody brought me an RM, right? Let's, let's, let's talk about, uh, I'll give you one. Let's talk about the Jean Todd. Okay. It's an RM 1103 chronograph. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. What a date. Yep. There's your complicated watch. Mm -hmm. Watch retails for 178,000 today. Trades are roughly at 325,000, about right. the same price as this. What would you rather have? <laughs> I mean, well, it depends on where. If I'm on so, a boat in the middle of, uh, well, I mean, in, in Dubai. Okay. <laughs> Segway. Uh, to be clear, though, so while I see obviously horological significance in the price point of that over the other watch. Mm -hmm. The guy that's buying that watch is not buying this watch. Absolutely. Right. Not. So, yeah, it's not, the they're guy, not even cut from the same cloth. Those guys have never even seen each other. This guy, the guy that's buying this, are scooping these up now at pennies on the dollar mm -hmm. and just, you know, uh, sitting behind a desk laughing at everybody else buying, you know, the some pop, of the other, right? some like some of the stuff we were, we brought. Um, I mean, that piece is, it's obviously pretty special, but like you said, hard as hell to find a buyer for well, that so watch. So, right I have now. an idea. I have a kind of a, um, uh, a theory on this, right? So the watch, I'd say that the the watch market has grown, right? Since, since like, so I started about seven years ago, right? So since then, there's certainly more buyers, right? And those guys are, a lot of those guys are chasing hype, right? So, but a lot of times the uh, collectors kind of evolve through time, right? So the guys who are buying this are highly evolved collectors, guys who've been collecting for a long time uh, and they, they spend the time and they care about the actual movements and they understand why these things were made, right? Whereas a lot of the people now, a, a huge portion of the market are people chasing the hype because that's what they're seeing. Uh, so they might get into the watches because they see, all right, well, if I buy this, it might go up in value and that's important to me, right? So that's that's the first step is for a guy who's never thought about buying a watch, gets into the watch world. So maybe he buys some watches, he ends up with like, I don't know, 20, 20 Rolex, steel Rolexes, and you know he starts wearing one of them. Right? And now he starts getting, uh, now he's never worn a watch before, but he bought it because he thought he was going to make money on it. He got into it because he likes trading. Maybe he was a car guy, got into watches, right? Because things go, things are crazy right now. So now he starts wearing one of them and actually starts getting scratched up. He's like, oh, well, I'll just keep this one. I made money on the rest. So now he gets comfortable wearing a watch. Now he starts thinking about watches. And then maybe five years from now, he's, now he's looking at different watches and he's looking at independence. And then 10 years from now, he's looking at uh, complications. And then 20 years from now, he's looking at a watch like this. So that's, that's my theory on, on what's happening right now. Where you're seeing watches. That was extremely specific. You like that? That was very specific. That was, no, but, I mean, I'm so that's glad you just thought he, of that. He, he, that did, was, he did that forget was, one thing. That was crazy specific. He did forget but. one thing. Coincidentally, the last seven years was also the rise of social media. Right? That's right. Yeah. It was also, Which we well, talked no, about before Everything on revolves too. around Thanos. It's I have just customers, the last seven years. I have customers <laughs> that literally change their watches once a month. They'll buy something. 
Yeah. It'll trade it in a month later, or sometimes even two weeks later, for the next Instagram post. We know a guy like that. Yeah, he's well, watching right now, <laughs> my boy. So, whoa, Shelby, whoa. what's up? Should I? <laughs> right. Whoa. First names only. So, Shelby. but the, I have clients like that too. The idea behind that is any loss is play money, mm-hmm. and also, what's the cost of not being into this hobby? So he's gonna, you know, gamble. He's gonna instead let's let's fly to Vegas. Let's. So it's just all you know, play money, right. or you know, opportunity cost at owning a second watch, a third watch, a fifth watch. So I know, I know that, we... but I also know guys that have lost significant savings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was here in 08 when the crash happened. Oh. And I know guys that put away so many watches as an investment instead of any other investments like real estate, stock market, whatever it might be. And they've taken a tremendous loss to an extent where they overextended themselves investing into watches. Right. Right. I'm going to say this is not an investment. No, no, like? it's, it's hard fan- enough for people who do it for a living to make money business, on it. Yeah. If, you're, if you're doing it as a side gig, I mean, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. Buying watches and holding them as an investment is, is very right. tough. So before we go so far down that rabbit hole, very, very specific scenarios. Yeah. Let's pull the second watch out because we got a ton of watches here. Yeah. Well, if we're going to so we're, we're stick with the same theme, okay. I'll, I'll ask you guys once again. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were pretty amazed by Malange. Yeah. Retail 214 and change, right? Okay. Uh, on a secondary market, pre-owned this watch, we're going to sell it, what, a buck 30? Yeah. yeah. Plus minus. Right. Yeah, yeah. RM30, Ooh. rose gold. Mm-hmm. RM what? No, I'm just kidding. RM30, <laughs> rose gold. I'll let you guys do we a close up on mil. that one. And this, a- is, this is a watch that retails for $120,000, right? Mm-hmm. That's its official retail price. And it's a watch that trades for $130,000, $10,000 over, over sticker. List, right? Now you tell me which one. So again, Oops. it goes back to are you buying the watch for the hype hey. or are you buying the watch for the true horological right. value? And that's what I mean. Right now, there's so much hype. It's crazy, right? So this, that's bizarre. Because I remember five years ago when Tesla, people were treating treating RMs. That's the exactly. I remember when people were treating RMs like Ublos, right? Like they they yeah. were they were worried. They're like, ah, these are very expensive. There's not a lot of horological value. It's mostly hype. It's gonna die. And then things just. I keep was there when they raised the retail prices by forty percent. I was trading RM 11s, white golds, rose gold, titaniums. One thing I did like about him is he never really differentiated much in right. retail values between yeah. metals. Like his thing is my watches are worth what they're worth. Right. It doesn't matter what the metal is because again, <laughs> there's no value in gold there anyway. Yeah, smart the, man. The year the year he decided to raise his retail prices by forty percent and cut production arguably by about seventy to eighty percent. Nobody mm-hmm. really knows, but he did. Right. Everybody said he's nuts. He just shot himself in the foot. Yep. You know, and uh, guess what? It worked. Huh. It worked that, out for him so it, far. It worked out for him so far. Waiting list for a hundred and. $50,000 watches. The thing, too, is, like, there's never been a brand where it's, like, so every once in a while there's just such a strategic, like, post or it just shows up on somebody's wrist or it's just – and it's it's this, like, underground collector culture that it, they just skyrocket. I'll give, like, you, I'll give yeah. you a thing, all right? You're somebody that has 5 million followers on Instagram. Mm. Okay. Whether you're a celebrity or an Instagram celebrity, you're famous in some way, sort of, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. You walk into Richard Meal today – and you say, I am such and such, and I have a 10 million following across social media, like real following, sure. right? They will sell you any watch you want. Yeah. Pun intended, watch you want. Uh, <laughs> but, I like that. You know what I mean? But but if you're a regular Joe and you walk in there, you get on the waiting list. Yep. Or you have to buy, you know, a dog, which there aren't really many dogs at this point in their lineup, maybe some awesome. of the round watches, and uh, the really expensive Turbions, mm-hmm. right? I was in St. Bart's. I walked into the Richard Mill Boutique. And uh, she's like, well, if you buy that Crystal Lady 007 for $1.1 million, you can have whatever you want. I'm like, thank you, and I'll uh, see you later. Right. You know, How am I going to get my $800,000 back? <laughs> exactly. So, well, That might be generous. You'd be shocked that yeah. watch still trades 
close to its retail so value. Did you buy it? Do you yeah. have this in inventory? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> My wife liked it, but I'm going to. I love her and all that. Not that much. No, nah, not yet. So, so that's kind of the craze I wanted to bring up is, mm-hmm. is that we do live in the world of followers. Sure. It's all about the followers. And when I say followers, I'm specifically talking about social media. Mm-hmm. And I feel that social media has a huge impact on watch collectability as we know today, oh, the yeah. watch market. Like Change that. everything. The very reason why we're sitting here going live on YouTube and mm-hmm. have Wait, YouTube we're channels. Are we live? <laughs> I hope we're live. Yeah. So, I'm, I'll live. So the next thing, <laughs> and I'm going to bring up another topic, which I think is near and dear to my heart, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you guys can both attest that on your YouTube channels, you always get asked the question, you know, what's the next big thing? What's yeah. the next big investment? And I tell my clients all the same thing, all my YouTube uh, uh, viewers. I don't have a crystal ball. Right. I can state my opinion based on. You have one? Yeah. Well, we have it right there. Well, that's Our not exactly crystal. Yeah. <laughs> it's plastic. Eddie it's does close. Good, Eddie does a good job. He with does those, a great job. He does a great job yeah, with that. That's those. right. But Call me if you want one. <laughs> uh, and I always say that the only thing I can do is I can formulate my opinion based on today's market, right. based on today's market conditions, and based on history. And not far history, because going back 15 years, watches get old and things yeah. change, trends change. I can only give you an educated guess. But I did bring something which I felt like were sleepers in my mind. Sure. And why do I feel that it's a sleeper? Just based on the facts that I know. So the one thing, I, the first thing I'm going to pull out, you know, watch this part of the, I call it quote-unquote holy trinity. I don't believe in all that stuff. but Not anymore. Uh, we're talking about a Vacheron Royal Eagle in yeah. stainless steel. So why, oops. Look, why it almost do looks I, like a Richard Mill. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> I take it far. Uh, so why did I decide... In my opinion, that this is a sleeper. Well, it was the very first take from Vacheron on a sports model. Okay. Right? 2001 is when the watch came mm-hmm. out, and it was short-lived. It only lived till two, either 2006 or 2008. I don't remember. That's right. But a short while for a watch model, right? So arguably not many of these made. Now, granted, they were in black dials. They were rose gold. Obviously, the steel is the collectible one, uh, and that's okay. just historically speaking. <laughs> people collect steel stuff, steel sure. models, steel Royal Oaks, and so on and so forth. So... I'm not out here telling you that this is a sleeper. I'm out there telling you to use common sense when okay. you're looking sort of for that next collectible. And if you pick a watch like this that you know that they made low numbers of, that you know it was a first of something or the last of something, first and last usually work great, right? What Roman isn't telling you is that he's got a box full of those at home. So the thing, is, yeah, the thing is, like that, there might be a sleeper because you can justify in your mind, like, oh, maybe that's why I should own that. Mm-hmm. When you call a dealer, though, <laughs> oh, unless it's you. Yeah. I don't know how many people are buying those. Oh, the market is it's shit tough, on them but that's, now. That's, that's it. why it makes sense. It. Absolutely. So I see what you're saying. You're saying look for things that are oddballs, things that people are not valuing now. And that's the same thing with Daytona. Yeah. I was talking to uh, a dealer that we both know at the, at the show in Miami. He was talking about in the 80s when he was buying uh, Daytonas. This is pre-Zenith Daytonas. So these are manual wine Daytonas for $350 and selling them for $450. And that was a good sale if he could get it at that. And now, well, now we're talking about... I mean, Let me guess the guy was from Chicago. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, that's it, those were watches that nobody wanted because they weren't automatic, and it wasn't what thought people thought about as a, as a Rolex. And now, I mean, if you have one of those sitting in your safe, you've got fifty, sixty, hundred thousand dollars depending on which model it is. It's unbelievable. So, looking for things that are out of out of vogue at the moment and people things that are being devalued at the moment, future collectibles. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, it's almost like guy that walks in and finds a red line. Sub full box papers for, right. for a rip. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's funny you should go back to the good old days. I About eight years ago, we partnered up with another company. We merged actually two companies together. That's how we got, got into the jewelry business. I was sure. never a jeweler by trade. And these guys are from the days where when gold presidents 
were brought to them, they would literally take a hammer yeah. and, and melt, melt them, them Melt them down, yep. It's crazy. When I heard those stories, I'm like, are you Oof. Daytona's too? Yeah, sure, who cares? Daytona, right. Well, the gold was worth you know more what? than the watch at that yeah, time. Yeah, but you know what's a tragedy is the ones that they melted down were probably like super straight bracelets, oh. all, all yeah, tight. Now you, have now you get those that are all loose yeah. and everything. Why didn't they melt those down? Oh, You know some good good examples. Some cool dials out there, I'm sure, and things like that. Question, yeah. question for you guys, you yeah. know, if, if, if I'm going to get into the next watch. Okay. Uh, iconic watches. Okay. Uh, everybody in their mind, every collector in their mind, every watch lover in their mind has a, a list of icons that they feel is a must of every single collection. Yeah. Give me a couple of your icons. Yeah, put it right on the spot. Um, He's so, too thoughtful is the problem. He's yeah, not there's too many, to be um, honest. Um, so I don't know. The sub for me is is pretty iconic. Um, that's, you know, for a sport watch uh Dress, I mean, Calatrava, simple three-hand Calatrava is probably an iconic dress watch for Real me. paddock. Yeah, real paddock. Um, shout out to the 5212 that I just sold today, the yeah. uh, the there weekly. That thing is that thing's cool. Yeah. much nicer in person than it, than it photographs. But as far as iconic, obviously I like AP quite a bit. Um, I actually am one of the, probably the only dealers in the world that like the Royal Golf Shore more than like the 15400s and stuff like that. You're not, sure, the, you're not. No? No. The, for not. me, it's well, the, it's the day, AP. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There's, I mean, there's there's too many, honestly. That's um, good enough. How about you? So uh, I would say that the most iconic watch that is made, that's ever been made, is a watch that anybody, doesn't matter what you know about watches, if you know any about watches, everybody can identify the watch, for the brand at least. And that's the Rolex president. I think that, in my opinion, we're, we're, we don't think about it as much because we're in the thing, but before I knew anything about watches, if you show me a Rolex president, I go, okay, that's a Rolex. And that's what everybody feels. So... As as it's not not super horologically sound and it's it's kind of flashy and sometimes a little bit of a douchey kind of watch. That's the most iconic watch I think that's that's ever been made in my opinion. And that's awesome. And I, much like you or you, I can't pick one right. or the best one. Sure. But I like the history behind some of these pieces. Mm-hmm. For for example, this to me is iconic simply due to the fact that this is the longest running watch company out there continuously. Not a question. Two hundred and sixty some years now, yeah, right? That's right. But there are also icons within every brand that I felt they were so different. And that's how I look at icons. I look at those things that are done like no other company does it. Before we, we went live, we talked about the Corum Bridge. Yeah. Right? To me, that's an icon. Yeah. Nobody did a bridge prior yeah. to that. Jason loves Corum Another bridges, one by the way. is the Reversa. Yeah. Right? 1931. That's right. Let me show you one. So, Super to me. Super undervalued. So, so, Not your large 1931 reissue, 1931. No, this, this is an actual 1931. Yes, this is an actual old. Here, put it next to your thumb so you can see the size. Of that yeah, thing. look at yeah. Let me, let's do that. It's beautiful though. So. Well, the thing is, so it's it's small looking, but on the wrist because it's got it's it's, it's rectangular. No, it's small. It's small. Let's but, just call it. Yeah, if you compare that to other watches from from that era, that's a large watch. But if as a watch collector, you don't necessarily have to go out there and find yourself one of these. No, which, by the way, today it's is an awesome desk watch. But there's so many reverses out there. They made a lot of reverses. Oh, oh, yeah. There's a huge supply of reverses yeah. out there that you can they can pick up picked up for no money. Yeah, you know what I mean. So and this indeed is an icon. A Corum Admiral's Cup is another one. I oh feel yeah, like absolutely. It's an icon. OJ Watley, big fan of the or- a Corum Admiral's, Admiral's Cup. I like Admiral's the original Cup. ones. The original vintage ones. They're just too tiny. I don't yeah. it, that, yeah. with that bullet bracelet. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a big fan thing. of those. He's got the but blue some, one or something. But that was one of the first watches for me. That's like, all right, we're going. There's too many now. It's crazy. Like when um, the Admiral's Cup, they just started every year. There was seven or eight or twelve. Corum doesn't even make that many watches. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> and then it was the up? first. So, uh, the first boutique that popped up 
that wasn't like a main brand that I saw in person was was Corn. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, what the hell are they thinking? <laughs> and then three months later, door Close. shut. Yeah, it's like, all right, well, yeah. I mean, that, it has to do, I'm time. not gonna get into their business practices and what they do behind the scenes Maybe and stuff in terms of. In I terms, like help them out in I terms just, of marketing. I feel like they yeah. there's so much potential that just yeah. wasted. Yeah. yeah, you know, they had great but, history, made cool watches. Nardine Freak. Oh, yeah. Nardine as well. And by the way, it, like, cause I, I like. Uh, a brand that does well with service, right, who's actually services their watches well and has good customer service, I think is a lot of value. Narden is super undervalued with that. Their service center in, for the U.S. is in Boca. You can call. They're, they're great people. They'll pay attention to you. They're not just, they're not just you know, $2 an hour employees who don't give a crap. And they'll service all their watches, and it's very I get affordable. those complaints all the time from guys that send us stuff in for service for something so simple, and they had a, with a bill, yay long. Oh, God. For, and they send out a list of things that is so unnecessary to right. do to a watch. I mean, it's like it's like they have to make money somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, you know, cars they have they have to service and yeah, yeah. they mm-hmm. make money that way. Well, watch for the most part. My uh, I have the original Beast nineteen ninety three offshore. Okay, right? that thing is beat to shit. Right, and guess what? I haven't had it serviced in over ten years. Yeah. And it's still ticking. Oh, it's it maybe uh, goes slow a couple of minutes a week. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Right. What a lot of guys don't understand is service is really not all that necessary. If you're a single owner of the watch, but yeah. they do get caught up with this whole service and they get charged an arm and a leg. Where you got you guys, you guys can service watches at a fraction of a cost. Mm-hmm. So there's really no need to go elsewhere. There's right. different types of guys though. Mm-hmm. There's guys like if my watch is plus or minus eight seconds instead of five, I could give less of a shit. He's one of those. If, yeah, nah, nah, if it doesn't care. If, no, I honestly I've been like okay, oh man, it's, it's a minute. It's been a week. It's a minute. I'll move it. Hmm. Um, but there are guys that are like. You know, my Grand Seiko is the best movement in the world because it is this. And <laughs> if it's not one plus or seconds. minus one second, you know, then I don't want the watch. And and while I, I get that, like, you're missing so much. Yeah. There's just, you can't even get well, into handmade. watches. Well, people because... expect these things to be running like, like an Apple watch on GPS time. It's like, listen, this was made literally by hand, and that's part of the reason why it's so Where great. time most of the time. Right, anyway. exactly. I mean, so while I do use my watches uh, uh, to tell time and actually for cooking and things like that, like I, yeah, I'm not looking for this thing to be so unbelievably precise. I I like it because a lot of uh, for the most part it's it's mostly handmade. So this is something that somebody took time to make, right? That's part of the reason why I like watches. If I wanted something that was going to keep the most amazing time, I'd go buy you know some sort of quartz watch. Exactly. And of course, we're talking about my Rolex and your Panerai being handmade, one of a piece, master man. No, definitely not mass produced at all. No, not but, at all. Not at all. But at well, the end of the day, I think the idea is that, like, yes, I want it to tell time. I want it to be accurate, but it doesn't need to be like, I'm not disarming a bomb with the thing, right? right? Like, exactly. So, plus or minus, uh, you know, thirty to sixty seconds a week. I'm, I actually know how to I'm do that. More... I was a scout in the military. I know how okay. to disarm mine. Well, there's one under is your. That... It's a pressure plate <laughs> yeah. on your chair. So, by the way, that's you... how we're gonna end the show. It's yeah. gonna be very exciting. Stick uh, around for a bang. You guys, you guys talk about usability, right? Yeah. So yeah. we talked about uh, you know looking at your iPhone for a precise time, mm-hmm. not worrying about. And I agree with that. I, I sometimes my watches are not even set. I wear them. Right. And when when I was on the way here, it was like eleven o'clock in the morning. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should set it for the show. But complications within the watch. And I talked about this before too many times with a lot of my clients and viewers. What complications out there are really useful that you would use today, in your opinion? What's the one useful complication out there? My GMT. My favorite complication, so I like the GMT a lot, but honestly, I think a, a very slept on complication is a power reserve. Yeah, yeah, I agree with him. That's my thing. Power reserve, yeah, especially on the manual wine watch, I think 
is probably the most useful so application. Let's, yeah, so let's take it. It solves an actual problem, which is why it should be a complication. Mm -hmm. Like people don't look some, at it as a complication. Sometimes a lot of they're people like, don't. Yeah, a lot of people like, are like, "That's not a complication, oh, it's a plus. But, it, but it is." And oh, I, I like power reserves. I think power reserves on the back of a movement are cool, but don't quite serve the same purpose. Those are more like desk watch complications. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, to a similar degree, like subseconds don't really do anything for me. Power reserve, I think, is great. I love uh, if I'm going to have a date like Vacheron or a large date, like a Grande date or mm -hmm. Longue, which is one of the reasons I really like the brand with the, the no zero. Um, I think those are the most useful complications. Chronograph, once you're starting to get stuff like that, yes. Chronograph's but, useful cooking. I use it's very, divers bezel. It's very useful, is, but like a day to day. Is that a complication? Divers bezel? Count that? Well, it, you can, I mean, it's, it's, let's call it a function. Let's function, not call it yeah, a complication. Yeah. And it is useful. If you went to diving, that is extremely yeah. useful. Mm -hmm. And I have clients that specifically will only wear mechanical watches when they go diving. So the Blanc Pond 50, the, the big, big fathom, the, oh, yeah. the, big, the big sucker, that's probably the most popular one to go diving. Yeah. And then, of course, Panera as a brand overall. Sure. Uh, for me, you guys said it. I mean, for me, I would just mention one more. I mean, Power Reserve uh, is a big one for me. GMT is another big one for when I travel all over the place. Mm -hmm. So GMT is actually really useful, especially at a glance. Nardine is probably my favorite one. The plus minus is so easy. Oh, and so at a glance, you see your home time and you know what time it is. So mm -hmm. to me, it's probably the easiest one. Like the executive would be a great mm -hmm. watch, right? Yeah. Uh, Pick and that up cheap. Third one too. is Alarm. I think alarm. Oh, yeah. alarm is Ugh. one of those useful, useful companies. Why do I feel like there's an alarm in this There's room? no alarm. Oh, I, I thought you were segueing. Hey, Siri, set an alarm. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't have, I don't have, but my favorite alarm probably be the Breguet alarm, the 5707. Okay. All right. Uh, the reason I like it is because not only it really rings loud, it also vibrates the watch. Mm -hmm. so yeah. If you have it on your wrist, it'll actually go off. And when I'm in Hong Kong with a 12-hour jet lag and I'm dozing off at the show, you know. Starts you up. Yeah. Two alarms Panerai off the top of my head that I would, yeah, Panerai's are cool, but. Uh, Came 98, budget, check it out. Budget alarm, uh, Volcane. Yep. Yes. Volcane. Fantastic Cricket. budget alarm. Medium price point, or I guess it's still budget, but the Tudor Advisor, I think oh. is a very, very cool alarm that looks like an expensive watch. It's mm -hmm. not that expensive. How about the Vintage Jaegers? They're yeah, cool. absolutely. You can pick them up for no money. They're for cool, no money. but they're also like, I I want as little moving parts in a vintage watch as possible. I do That's not true. want a vintage yeah, exactly. alarm. Exactly, a hammer inside yeah. of a vintage watch. Hey, guys, great. here's my vintage. Well, you can't. Brr, brr, brand brr. complication. And There's it's no like, wet watch brr. Wednesday with a vintage watch, and that's a problem for me. So yeah. I, can't, I, I have some vintage watches, but I can't wear them. I just have them in my – I like to look at them. I am a 5402, the first Royal Oak from Genta, is probably – what gets most wear time from me? My really? beast offshore gets a lot of wear time from me. Mm -hmm. uh, Zenith Rolexes, you know, I have a few uh, gold, yellow gold Zenith Rolexes, which I think are also a great pickup right now. In yeah. If you if you're looking at the steel trading at almost the same price as these guys, oh, yeah. you're saying to well, yourself, two -tone. why why or two tone? Why Nobody am I not buying two tone? It's crazy. Why am I not buying We're this watch? A, a two tone sky dwellers. We're seeing a huge movement now. Uh, going up everybody's now. like, well, why wouldn't I just buy the damn gold one instead of the steel one? Right. But they're also a good-looking watch. No, yeah, I yeah. think a two-tone I mean, sky. I like I like two-tone. Like traditionally, two-tone's always been like the 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 third best value when you look at steel, solid gold, and two-tone. Two-tone's no always sense. been looked at. It doesn't. I, I agree with you. It doesn't make any sense because it's a it's the best marriage of both, right? Two-tones. Well, I remember. So again, like I've only been doing this for what seven years. I remember. When you get Zenith Daytonas, that's the the least desirable Daytonas. For the Zenith Daytonas, you can dealers are buying for five and six thousand dollars, sell them for seven and eight, and now that's absurd. But the two tones, yeah, we're just like they, they get shit on. And right now, you can buy for half the price of a steel Zenith Daytona, you can buy a two tone. Some of the old ones you're buying 
anywhere from eight to nine thousand right. dollars. Again, I'm talking wholesale, and I think right. it's a smoking deal. But people, are, unfortunately, are stuck on the fact that oh, two tone is I can't quite afford gold yet, which mm -hmm. makes no zero sense. Nice. Look at the current uh, two tone Samaritan. I think it's a gorgeous watch. Oh yeah. I think it blows the stainless steel one out. Blue or what, black? What, blue. I like black. I like, I like the, I like the I blue. Yeah. I like Not the, with the current the dial. Thing is, I like the, the thing dial. is, if I want black, I'm wearing steel. If I if I want blue, I think the gold marries with the blue. But you know, I love the Smurf. All right. So, so what favorite two tone watch? What's up? Uh, favorite two tone watch, honestly. Yeah, it's probably the black, the black two tone uh, uh, so. Samariner. Yeah, that's that's probably going to be that or the or the two tone GMT that's been discontinued. That that's really nice. Yeah. Yellow gold. Favorite two tone. I, I can't do on the spot shit. That's I, okay. I'll do, I, I'll, I got I'll, fifty watches going through my head. And I can't. <laughs> um, I like yeah, the old school. I like the old school. AP back in the day did watches out of tantalum. Okay, yeah. Remember tantalum? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, that yeah. It looks like titanium, but yeah. it's not. It's a lot heavier, mm -hmm. right? It's actually heavier than gold. So they did tantalum and rose gold watches. Yeah. Perpetuals, regular Royal Oaks. I, I think a, that's a sick combo. Uh, we have 36, actually. Yeah. We had it. We brought it to the I show. Saw, I saw it at the show. You that's guys, right. we had the 36 of them playing Jade Royal Oaks. We it for a little too much, so it's going to be sticking in our inventory for a while. Unless you want it sick, yeah. How much? Let's make it. Too much is the answer. No, I like, oh, I, like, yeah. I, like, I, like, I like that combo. I just think the rose gold with that dark gray tantalum oh, yeah. is a striking tantalum combo Tantalum is, me. it's a weird material because like, so you see like the F.P. Journe, uh the, the CB is made out of tantalum. It's it's incredibly tough to refinish. So if you if you nick it up or whatever, it's a nightmare, but the watch is so. I've got a guy. Yeah, he's got a guy. We gotta, it's not we gotta, hard to number. do. It's just very hard to do it right. It's, you, right. you have to, to have right. talent yeah, 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 to do it. And so, but so like you can get a watch like the Omega the Omega Seamaster, the old ones where they just re-edition as well with a little bit of tantalum in the bracelet. That's so cool, man. I like that. And it adds some heft to the watch that you don't even feel. Or you don't see the heft, but you can feel it on the race. I don't know. Guys, I feel like I'm the only one showing watches. Why don't you show me some? Because I know you brought well, We grabbed stuff. watches we, that we I think that bring, you like. We we brought stuff that was gonna we were going to make fun of and then you brought, <laughs> you brought real, real watches. Stuff, yeah. so, well, no, but so all this stuff here is stuff that that's the I know perfect, that you like budget rm replacement right oh, there without a doubt i don't want to call these guys the rm replacement and uh well you didn't i did uh okay <laughs> and, I'll, and i'll and i'm gonna i don't want, i'm gonna respectfully disagree with you and okay. i'll tell you why because i feel that this is a brand that's on its way up like okay. so and, i and, i love the brand i always have i do not like the new pieces i you don't like these you don't like the this? old piece they're okay they're, in my opinion well that specific one's the larger size and it's a little too big for me for what they're making, but I love the brand. I, I like these watches. I just think that they've kind of the for brand. For anybody listening in the podcast, like we're talking about the uh, Roger Dubuis here. Sorry. So the Roger Dubuis, I mean, Easy Diver, hands down, one of the fucking coolest watches. Ever. For me, for me, well, I actually am going to go with Godberg Jr. I love the old Sympathy calendars. Oh, the original. I, he, whoa, he, the one he bought is a one first I of all. From one of my we customers. told him to buy that watch, know, and he was like, "Should I buy this?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, I sold the one less. Uh, well, the, I'm saying the one that he owns the one that he personally. Wears. But he wears a small one. Yeah, he yeah that, the I one got with that the round crystal. We had to talk him into the one with the, with the actual yeah. shaped crystal. Yeah. Those watches are We talk about a value. You can get like a first generation Roger Dubuis full set box of papers. You know, you're talking about now. If that's a paddock, that is 10x what you're paying for. You can buy those watches for less than twenty thousand dollars right yeah, now. Unbelievable watches, for, especially with the box set. Those Pull the the, the papers of that watch are literally it's a Polaroid. Of the watch stuck on the papers, it's like the what the presentation is unbelievable. What about the little let's see? We forgot about that. No, that's right. The little let's see. Yep, that's right. So to go back to Rogers, mm -hmm. uh, my whole take is I was there during the times where they got screwed by the yeah, distributor yeah. and the watches were getting closed out and they were out there pennies on a dollar. Then there was a big lawsuit, and I'm sure Danny knows more about that. Yeah, yeah. And he, that's not what this show is about. Mm -hmm. It took him so long to rebound, and I finally feel like these guys are actually on the rebound just based on the stuff that they're making. What they showed this year, I think, was amazing. They're 
collab with Lambos yeah. is amazing. Makes sense. And what yeah. they're doing is they're also not afraid to stick with the high pricing. Yeah. Look at what Nardine is doing. Ever since Nardine business went down, uh, granted Russia went down, which mm -hmm. was a huge chunk out of their business, right? Exactly. And all the, all the other former Soviet republics, right? Mm -hmm. Roger didn't stop. Nardine went to cheaper watches. They started making these freaks at $20,000 and right. Trebians at $20,000. These Discount guys freak. These guys stuck to a low production number, mm -hmm. wonderful design. Again, my opinion, This I just happen I like, to love their new yeah. stuff. All of it. So There's not one watch I don't like from them. The collaborative efforts make a lot of sense, like the Pirelli, uh, you know, the Straps. Lamborghini, uh, you know, collabs. I like where the direction of the brand's going, but some of the stuff, like the double barrels and their... Like, they're up there, man. They're... The price point you're saying? Yeah, I just... I, and it's a brand... Essentially, what I don't want to see is them get too far away from where they came from. Mm -hmm. That they that you can't look at this and go, oh, that's an RD. I agree Makes with like, So, I'm waiting for the next Easy Diver. And kind of a callback to that case shape. But but do it a little smaller and make it more modern for today's. Mm -hmm. But I do like... And I've, we've talked about, like, material sciences. Like, sure. I like all the carbon. I like the, you know, the exposed dials they're they're on a good path they have the quick release straps all that stuff i just you know if you're if you're going to try and capture like that secondary rm customer mm -hmm. then you have to provide this stuff yeah i just don't want it to become like they're not that brand anymore yeah. so, so you feel like they're just not going back to their roots enough because they do have a lot of roots to go back to. well they're like, they're, like the sympathy perpetual oh, thing. Yeah. well those those so movements much. i mean that those movements you could compare to a longer yeah. I mean that's that's a thing, and now nowadays there's you're not comparing yeah. a Roger Dubuis to a Longa in any way, shape, or form. What are your thoughts on? It's a watch I still can't get my head around. I've sold exactly. a bunch of them at a retarded price, and that was the Knights of the Round Table. Oh, the Knights of the Round Table. What do you think, Jason? Sick, dude. Yeah, Jason like likes it. it. He loves it. I'm all about <laughs> it because I think it it exactly it goes back to that like Our this roots. is who we are, right? And we're in. Everybody looks at it and goes, "What the hell is that?" And why is but it so it's expensive, like, you know right? What? Right. Screw you. This is who we are, and I dig it. And I, you know, the last, the, the last one I had, it's got sores on it, so you know, I'm all about it. <laughs> it's got weapons. But, um, I think. What it's about the fact cool. that every single one of those is figurines done, yeah. is hand done and, oh, and casted? That's it. Yeah. I that had, I had is... one of those things. I sold it to a guy in Russia, and I sold surprise, the, the, fir the first one for $175,000. And a lot of times, like we talk about justifying prices on some of these things. Kudos to them by mm -hmm. setting the price at two and a quarter or two fifty, whatever yeah, the retail right. is, and that those watches are actually holding and people are recognizing them, even though it's not a complicated watch. I'm gonna say the the lost opportunity for like a sword in a stone that you can pull out in the box set. It <laughs> oh, that's right, needed, in the box set. It definitely needed like a sword. You ever see the box? You ever see the box set? Yeah. Watch? It's, it's, it's literally. I understand, but it needed like a pewter stone and sword for your desk that like you can. And a little drawer for your nine millimeter. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there you go. Yeah, well, if, you're, if you have that watch, probably. Carrying. Probably so, want, but, uh, you, you probably want. All right, so here there's we, a blue twenty eight there that needs some camera time. We're doing a time check here, so we got about five more minutes. So let's let's talk about another watch. So in terms of like smaller brands or artisanal brands, and then independent brands. This is a brand that we really like. What are you, what are your thoughts on Debethune? I think here the watches go. are. By the way, we love Debethune. So um, <laughs> I love the brand. How about this? How about there's not one independent that I don't like? Okay. Okay. I'm gonna okay. start with the biggest independent, and I feel and I feel like the godfather of all independents is definitely Sven Anderson. That's in okay. my that's in my opinion. Sure. When you get into Debethunes, they are constantly struggling between making and creating a market versus low production uh, sure. low production numbers. So what happens, and I've talked about this all the time, is if you don't have a market on something, it's very hard for watches to hold their value. I guess I should hold it up so you guys can see it. Oh, there yeah. we go. I was meant to do that. Yeah, yeah. The front. There you so go. I guess it's 
it's, it's guys out there that are still stuck with the idea that my watch is an investment and I want resale value. Mm-hmm. And we all know that independence, resale value and independence are usually, terrible. Usually tough, terrible. Unless versus, it's F.P. Uh, these days. But is F.P. really an independent? Uh, well, I mean, now it's partly owned by, uh, by Chanel, but... Okay. And he's a lot more mainstream. He himself is very independent. Yeah, maybe. As a person. Yes, <laughs> he's yes, a... yes. So uh, we've just added a new subclass to independent. Exactly. So <laughs> Semi-independent watchmaker. But guys tell me, hey, listen, I have this watch. They only made five pieces in the world. It should be worth a bazillion dollars. Well, why? There's really no market on that watch. Right. You take a limited edition of a thousand pieces, like, say, Juan Pablo Montoya that mm-hmm. I was selling initially. Original retail was fourteen seven. I was selling it. From oh, yeah. fifteen all the way out to thirty-five, and now yeah. they're back down to about twenty-six, twenty-seven, sure. which is still ten thousand over their retail value. Right. A market was actually made over time. These guys make so little pieces, and because they're not mainstream brands and less known, and because they do avant-garde stuff like this, how can you not love this watch? That watch is amazing. There's this is this no is more, a ridiculous. One. I don't know that there's a more comfortable watch on the wrist than this. Than this thing, this thing is absolutely amazing. I don't like yeah. that strap with the integrated rubber into the lugs. Mm-hmm. I like the, the standard like, yeah, strap. It sits it in here. Just because I feel like you have you have such yeah. cool architecture in here that this strap get rid of doesn't that. take advantage get of rid it. Of that. But they've done that. They have the yeah. other strap. Right. And I think this is the long lug version. I like the short lug version a little bit better because it sits better on the wrist. But the watch is super cool. Talk about iconic, man. Dude, this can be mistaken for no other watch. I think that the one watch I've put away is the original. Remember those, okay. those, yeah, those, yeah, those yeah, yeah, round yeah. ones? Have you seen the, the gold tones? Yes. Yeah, full gold. It's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's free. So I will give an A plus to DB Thune. I will give an F, A plus to MBNF to Urbic. I will give an A plus to any independent out there because they're doing avant garde and cool stuff. Mm-hmm. But I believe it's not until a watch becomes mainstream is when they the resale value gets better and so right. on and so forth. Yeah, you know it takes what time. I you know what I think these the independence of today. Mm-hmm. And when I say today, let's go back five years, not okay. more. I think these are the collectibles 50 years from now. That's my opinion. Yeah, no, it doesn't matter what the commodity is. Like any early adopter is not going to be the benefactor of that. Absolutely. That's exactly right. But that's usually the case with watches. Yeah. yeah. Well, watches, any, anything really. But, I mean, you pay the price to be the big boy to wear that first. What about, what about the guys that bought these colorful offshores 10 years ago for $45,000 and they did trading in mid-teens? <laughs> watches do slowly but surely become icons, even some of the ugly ones. You right. know, and, and that's why uh, it's... It's all relative in time, and that's why I always tell guys the same thing. Watches are not an investment. Watches are expensive toy. Buy them, enjoy them. Don't concern yourself with resale value and what you're going to get for your watch once you get tired of it. It's a store of value. That's why I look like. You can spend your money on some other luxury uh, good that as soon as you spend that money, it's all gone. Or you can be an intelligent watch buyer or intelligent buyer, buy something that's going to retain, say, the majority of its value, depending on what you're buying, especially pre-owned. You're not gonna most likely not gonna make money because that's a, that's a stressful pursuit if you're gonna go in after watches. But you can spend ten thousand dollars and get back seven thousand bucks. There's not a lot of luxury goods you can do that. With. Think about cars. You yeah. know, drive out the parking lot, you lose half the value oh, on geez. a brand new car. I'm Guys, very how about uh, speaking of buying? Talk about Dubai. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I so know about that. that's right. So uh, at this, we're coming to a close here, and that actually is a great segue. So uh, guys, tonight over. at 10 or 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we're going to be having the first edition of our uh, Dubai Watch Week show. So, guys, if you don't know anything about uh, what we're doing in Dubai, we are taking Dubai by storm, and we decided to launch during Dubai Watch Week, which is going on now. So we have some amazing content. Tim, Mike Manjos, Sequan Gottlieb is going to be on there. So 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time today, the 21st of November. That's right. 
All right, guys. So listen, we're we're gonna end this here because uh, we can go on for another three hours. We well, should we're definitely gonna do this again. stop recording, but we're just we'll okay, keep we're just talking. Yeah, we're gonna keep talking. Yeah. We're gonna go to the bar. The whiskey's coming. Yeah, yeah. But um, all right, listen. I want to absolutely thank you for yes. coming by, Roman. It's been a this pleasure. is this is great. We learned awesome. a lot today. It was nice to meet you in yeah. person finally. That's right. Yeah. This so, was a lot of fun, guys. We should definitely do this again. Maybe we'll, we'll go on my set next. Let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I can I can certainly bring out a lot more watches. I did want to travel with a lot more. Yeah. yeah. But. Uh, Back on my set, I can show you a lot more cool, cool. stuff, and we can definitely discuss it. All it's right. been a lot Seems of fun. Good. Thanks, guys. Again, Thank guys. hey, make sure you like, subscribe, check us out on uh, on Instagram. My Instagram is Mr. Thanos. This is Evo something or other. Evo underscore watches. You have Instagram? And I'm Roman Sharf on YouTube and Roman Sharf on Instagram. On Instagram. It's Watchbox, easy. Watchbox ME for our uh, our Dubai Watchbox. We have all sorts of Watchboxes. You guys can check us out on all, all different the platforms. All check us out on Uber Eats. You can check us out on <laughs> Tinder. Swipe he right on us. Thing. Thing.